We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 516. Spring training is rolling on, and I am covered in urine. Yes. That sounds weird. I'm very happy to hear this. This is, this is you know, when you tweeted that. It's out of control. Good. It's out I'm of control. I'm so glad. You have no idea how happy I am to hear this. I th- I really do think he's doing it on purpose at this point. He's peed on me almost every day for the Good past. Good for him. Uh, you know and what? I, and, and he makes he makes eye contact and he's like, you know what? I know you just cleaned my diaper and there was pee in it, but I got a little more where that came from. Boom! Here's another here's another shower. shame on you. Shame on you for not having your reflexes down by this point, understanding that it's going to happen. What if I told you about expectations? I, I've told you that I, uh, this is this is this was like uh, some Karate Kid shit here. This was wax on, wax off. This was preparing you for fatherhood, and uh, and you have you have failed. Let's go. You need to you need yes. to prepare for that left hand needs to wax on with the diaper. You're ready to go. Don't don't let him win. Yeah, he's gonna Yesterday, be dunking on you he, in like a week. Yesterday he peed all over his face, and we're like, oh, I think it got in his eyes, and he started crying hysterically. We're like, okay, let's get him in the bath. So I pick him up and I'm taking him over to the bath. And somehow, even though he just peed on himself, he peed more on the way to the bath. It's just like, it's, it, I know I've been joking, like, oh, I need this PPTP. I've been shamed on Twitter. People saying that's a waste of money, even though it's like $5. Waste of money. They're like, oh, don't waste buy of money. it. It's bullshit. 
It's bullshit. Like these are just gimmicks that they get parents to buy things when they're desperate. I'm desperate at this point. I just, I just want to be stopped. Pee. I want to be stopped getting peed on. I'm like, I'm like those R. Kelly. Girls. Is, oh, geez. The, the, um, the thing is, is you're going to buy it and he's going to stop. That's what happens. Yeah, whatever. It's a $5 oh. purchase. It'll make me feel better. He needs a, he needs a PP poncho, not a PPTP. Well, good for, good for you. Keep the, uh, keep the industry booming. Let make, make more yeah. worthless products. Yeah, we're three weeks in and uh, spring training. Spring training is about a week in. There's been some some games, some game action. Some games. Did you did you did you get a, a little excited when the first game happened? There were some fans in the stands. The Yankees always wear their their pinstripes yeah. for the first ga- first spring training game of, of the year. Um, it was a little it was a little cool. It was very cool. I loved it. I think that one seeing the fans back in the stands is uh, it's just exciting to see, man. I, you know, I don't know where. We're, where we'll get to by the end of the year. Hopefully it's, um, you know, more than 10%. Uh, I have a feeling as the vaccinations uh, get get further along with, uh, with, with adults, then, you know, I think Yankee Stadium will probably open up more. MLB will open up more. They pushed the AAA season back, what, a month-ish? A month. Yeah, there's going to be alternate site in the meantime. I could see them just keeping, even when the minor league season starts, I could almost see them keeping an alternate site going because kind of isolate a few players maybe yeah just, i mean just to make sure if, if something ravages say the scranton clubhouse like covid goes through the scranton clubhouse then the major league team is screwed because yeah. that entire squad can't go up even even if a guy tests you know is not positive for covid if he's in contact with other players who have been positive so i i could just see them keeping this alternate site thing going throughout the wouldn't year. surprise me either and you know pushing the season back a month uh, the minor league season, I do understand it because, you know, major league guys, they can control a heck of a lot more when they're on the road or with the team. It's just every day you're doing things. Minor leagues are, you know, you're, 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 you're in a different situation at that point. You're, you're dealing with uh, younger guys, usually in, uh, you know, smaller cities, not as much control. So pushing it another month, you're staying in Ramada, yeah, pushing it another month to, uh, to, to hopefully just, you know, again, wait it out, you know, get some more vaccinations going, I, I think makes sense. Cause they, I think that's what their big fear is. I don't think MLB is, is as fearful knock on wood with the MLB season and like what's happening up there, because if they were able to do it last year, they should be able to do it this year. And I think they have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. But the scope of what they're trying to do this year is much different than what they did. That's last true. Year. But I still think that they can, they can control a lot they could control a good amount of what's happening. There's a full schedule. Like there's an entire schedule they're tr- they're going to be playing. It's not just playing on your coast right. anymore. The Yankees are going to be flying to Anaheim. Right. The Yankees are going to be flying to Correct. Detroit. That is that's how the that's how it goes. You go to the other the other uh, the other team's park and you play there, and that's what there's going to be. Is. There's going to be f- no, no. There's going to be fans in the stands. I mean, if you're in Texas or Florida, screw it. It's a hundred percent. Did I know Texas said a hundred percent? Did Florida also say? 100%? I don't think so. Not yet, at least. There, I know the spring training's not. So there. I think it also depends on, obviously, the ballparks and the and the team and and how they're going to so, be going about it. But yeah. So the, was it the governor of Texas said a hundred percent? So the Astros and the Rangers could potentially have a hundred percent of people in in their stands. New, new ballpark that in means, uh, in Arlington. You got to shut that thing off. That uh, you're, I loved last playoffs when when that ballpark got shamed for looking like a like a like a Home Depot on the outside or whatever it was. They were talking about expectations versus reality. Did you see those memes where it was like the 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 designs for the stadium? They were like this beautiful brick exterior, and then the actual thing it looked like a freaking like airplane hangar. That's like the uh, MetLife when MetLife isn't on game day. It's just like a a steel. It looks like a, an alien came well, down in, in the Meadowlands and dropped because everything is LED. The Meadowlands. And everything is LED depending on who's playing there. The Meadowlands is a real sad place. You've got the giant football stadium. You've got this indoor ski hill. And you've got a ton of dead bodies buried by the mob somewhere in the the fact that, that ski, The fact that the ski slope is actually back, back in the plans because it sat there for a while. Uh, Xanadu sat there for a while. Is it, oh, is it operational? I don't think it's I'm operational sure yet, it. but... I could be wrong. I know it's, it's it's been in construction for like 85 years, but the um the fact that it gets, it's back in action, we're like, oh yeah, someone's we're back. Let's go. <laughs> someone bet someone bet in like 2019. Oh yeah, malls big time. Let's go. <laughs> it was just, it was right in the middle of it. It was just a it was just like a, a 
an interesting decision, the fact that there's going to be a, a ski slope in the mall in the Meadowlands. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but so the, the scope of the 2021 season, it's it's a full schedule. It's flying across the country. It's it's fans in the stands, whether it's 10 percent, 20 percent, 100 percent. That means clubhouse attendees and personnel, all of the different people involved in putting on a major league baseball game are going to be coming in contact with a lot more yeah. people. So, so my point is, yes, they, they, they plowed through a 60 game schedule. They overcame some hurdles, but there's going to be, even with vaccines rolling out, there's a lot more to be overcome this year for what they're trying yeah, to understood. do, which is fine, understood, but they can also, I don't, my, my, more to my point was, I understand that there are there are complications with what's happening. The fact is, is that AAA is a, you know, a, a less controlled situation. And in order for anybody to have replenishment players that, that can come up and play for guys that get injured, the inevitable uh, happens during a major league baseball season, especially to the New York Yankees. They have to have those guys ready to go. And if, if they're, you know, loosey goosey or, or just not able to, uh, to stay on the field because of COVID, then that be, that, that'd be, becomes a big problem for the major league teams. And I think that is what could affect the major league season more than anything, uh, because I, you know, I feel like they're in a good spot with the rest of it. I think it, it kind of does impact the Yankees in a negative way though, because they were going to have some players who maybe didn't make the opening day roster that they were going to maybe rely on in late April or early May, uh, say, well, I know Clark Schmidt was shut down for an injury, but that means, you know, his timetable has been pushed back. But Miguel Andujar is a guy who probably is not going to make the opening day roster, but he would have just slotted into the everyday lineup in Scranton to get regular at-bats immediately called up if they had an injury. Or Devi Garcia might not make the opening day roster as a starter. Maybe they were going to start him in Scranton and get him on a five-day schedule ready to go. Now that's pushback. And an alternate site is not the same as pitching in, in a minor league game. No, it's not the same. But, you know, hopefully it's just that month delay and they can get back into the swing. So it'll be a... Uh you know, it'll be a, a small, small little bump in the road, but um, they'll be fine. I think they'll be good. I'm, I'm glad that they're not canceling anything because I think that well, at least, at least not yet, you know, for AAA, that would be devastating. I, I'm surprised how, how many of these franchises actually survived 2020 with not having anybody there. They just, they don't, they don't operate on a, on a lot of cash flow there. They don't, there's not a lot of money being generated by minor league teams. And then you lose an entire season. That's got to be pretty devastating to a lot of, uh, a lot of these teams. So I'm, I'm glad they're back. You think people are so desperate for entertainment and outings oh, yeah. that they'll 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 go to these minor league games more than yes, they were I really yes, dude. I'm I I want to go anywhere. I I don't care what it is. You know what I mean? Like I'll go. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Like you can. You, Do you go on walks? There, there could be there could they could tell me there's a game. And we could go to the stadium, and then there's no game. I'm like, all right, you know, it's not my house. <laughs> Just sit different. There sit there, have a, it's a different place. You know, my, my family, we haven't seen each other very much in person. Uh, and, uh, we, my, my sister just got, we, we just got a house down in, uh, in the Jersey shore for, for like four days, just so that we could all meet there and just like have four different walls, you know, and, and like get, get <laughs> a, get a bit of, a, um, uh, you know, just a, a little visit, a little yeah. visit. Changes yeah, theory. exactly. It doesn't matter to me. It does not matter. Do you go on walks throughout the day? Like, do you go on a walk? No, I don't. No. See, I, especially... I don't have the patience not for that. So much. I don't have the patience to go out and walk. Patience. I mean, it's like, especially when when I was still living in the city, the Leanne and I would go on a walk usually after work, 5, 5, 5.30. We, we would just meet up with, with friends that lived in the area and we would walk in the park. That was... It was like the it was the most interesting thirty minutes of our day every day because the rest of it was just sitting inside at work or watching TV and like being outside even if it wasn't even a nice day out it was just like it was like you said it's something different to look yeah. at it's it's doing something even if it's just as simple as walking crack a beer eat some peanuts sitting in a uh, you know a, a shitty stadium seat all day I would give me that <laughs> and I don't even Scranton care ballpark. if they're playing yeah. You might drive by that funeral home that all the guys used to live yeah. over and just like see the sights. Hey, I'll watch the grounds crew just water the grass and and uh, and and rake the dirt. That's fine for me too. I'll do that. Play some music in the background, maybe some highlights of yesteryear, and let's let's just hang out. I've got something to complain about. That's that's really so, that's surprising. 
I, I know maybe we talked about, I was going to have a different attitude this year. I'm a father now. Things, things are, I've got different priorities in my life, but I saw this from Brian Hoke on Tuesday. He said, Aaron Hicks is envisioned as the Yankees number three hitter to begin the season. According to manager Aaron Boone. I know we've beat this to death. Why is Aaron Hicks hitting third? Is it only because he's a switch hitter? Because if that's the case, it's just a, it's a moronic reason. There's no nothing else in his game other than the fact that he can hit left-handed that would say that warrants him hitting third. What does Aaron Hicks do well? He he, he walks. gets on base. He takes he, he takes walks. a lot of pitches. He gets on base. He walks fifteen percent of the time. That's that's a good rate. He strikes out twenty one percent of the time. That's not horrific, but it's not great either. But he's got a two thirty nine batting average the last three seasons a 265 batting average on balls in play. And he's projected, I think Ziff's projection has him at a 232 batting average or a 234 batting average this year. The guy does not put bat on ball enough to hit third. He walks a lot. Like you said, he's got a 358 on base percentage. Those are good numbers, but not for your number three hitter. Hit him leadoff for all I care. I much rather have Aaron Hicks hitting leadoff than hitting third. Move DJ down to the two spot or the three spot even. I would be much happier if the lineup went Hicks, DJ, Judge, or Hicks, Judge, DJ, than having Hicks third. Because this is how games go. Okay, you ready for how games go? DJ LeMahieu, single to right field. Beautiful. Aaron Judge, long, long, uh, long at bat, maybe works a walk or maybe just moves the runner over or something. And then here's Aaron Hicks taking pitches. All he's going to do, he's going to strike out or he's going to walk. That's all he's going to do. He does not put bat on ball. Nothing happens except Aaron Hicks throwing his bat to the to the little bat boy and him walking to first base. That's all Aaron Hicks can do. I don't know. He's got some. He's so got some iconic guy, home run uh, first. home run uh, videos from MLB with that with that new camera. Look, I, I I think that it doesn't. Again, these these things are so. There's such a small discrepancy in how he's going to be um, shifting this lineup because DJ LeMay who's not going to lead, not going to leave the leadoff spot. He's why not? That's just <laughs> again. If it was between, if it was up to you and me, I agree. I think Hicks is a perfect leadoff hitter because of the fact that he the the switch hitter comes back into play to me. Uh, you know when the lineup turns over, which is a very good thing because now you're setting up your productive guys in front of it. You've got one non right handed hitter in the everyday lineup. It does not matter where he hits. There's still going to be eight consecutive right handed hitters, and then Aaron Hicks. No matter where you put him in the lineup, it's like Aaron Boone doesn't understand math. Well, you know, and the fact that he gets on base a lot. And and will w- would set up better for. I love DJ LeMahieu in this in the two spot. Like to me, that's I know it's more traditional uh, because he's that type. He's the Derek Jeter of the team. He's the he's the Fine. best guy Let's to go put to more traditional approach. That's a ball. He he gets on base a ton. Yeah, he should be in the second spot. He goes the opposite field, which he can move a, a guy from first to third. That's that's the old approach. That's the let's let's get guys running on the base path and uh, and and try to score runs in that way. Aaron Aaron Hicks. Talking about the power, talking about being healthy, you know, I think they're trying to get that big ball, and that's 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 one of the reasons he's there because he can hit that home run ball. And if he's healthy and uh, and more, but there's guys in the lineup who hit more home runs than him. Stanton hits more home runs than him. Voight hits more home runs than him. But they're but they're like, not they're not switch they're not switch hitters. Oh my god! It's I know it's I know this is not you. If that is legitimately, I know the this reason, is not you talking. It's it's a horrible reason just to bat Hicks third. Yeah, it's it's fine. It'll be so the fact that that uh this is I just want Hicks to be healthy. I want Hicks to be healthy and if he's in the three spot and and healthy, I'm good with that. Let's see what happens with with him in the in the three spot and healthy because it seems like we We've haven't seen, seen it. him it's all not that great. healthy. We've seen it. It's not great. And if he's got another if he's got a healthy, you know, stand behind him, if Gary Sanchez is hitting home runs like he did the other day, hey, you know, now now Aaron Hicks is going to be getting a lot more uh balls over the strike zone and, you know, there therefore more uh, more damage potentially. I'm just confused because I know the Yankees are so analytically driven in some aspects. And this this kind of goes counter to analytics. Analytics would say hit Hicks leadoff and then bat LeMahieu behind him because LeMahieu puts bat on ball and bat on ball when there's a runner on first base is good. So is so that is that analytics or is that opposite. eye test that's telling you that? Because that's that's what it seems like the logical thing to do. No, no that's analytics. That's a- literally analytics. A- Aaron Hicks walks a lot. DJ LeMahieu puts bat on ball a lot. That's what the analytics say. Yeah. On the, 
And that's what the eyes say. It, that's so. What I think this is, I think this is Aaron Boone. The, remember how last year we talked about, or it, it came out that the analytics department gave Boone all the information for that game two debauchery, where they were like, "Here's what we think would be a good decision for you to make," but it's still up to you. But here's all the information about Debbie Garcia and Jay Happ versus the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that's what's happening here. It's here's all the information that we're going to give you, but now you need to make a key decision and he's making the wrong key decision. He thinks just because, Oh, I need to break up the right-handed hitters. I can't have nine right-handed hitters. I can't have eight right-handed hitters in a row to start the lineup. Oh, you're going to have it as soon as Aaron Hicks is done batting. It's, it's just so short-sighted. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I think that when you're looking at Aaron Hicks and you're looking at Aaron Boone, they have a track record. And Aaron Boone likes his track record and he likes the fact that he can be hit lefty if needed and it does break it up. And that's what Aaron Boone likes to see. His eye test is like, I need to see a lefty up right now. And that's why, that's why Aaron Hicks is there. There's, there's really not much else to it is the breaking them up. That's, that's per, it. To be, to be honest, in a perfect world, I would hit Hicks ninth. And then I know ninth is, you're like, oh, well, he's a better hitter than some other guys. So why do you want him up ninth? Because then ninth, Nine one two is awesome. That's kind it's of the, the second leadoff lead guy. Yeah, once the lineup yeah. turn over, turns over, then you're you're in that same position. So, yeah, I don't disagree. I I think Lemayu is is uh, is the perfect number two guy, and then you have your your big bop guys at three and four. Aaron Judge to me is a number three hitter all day long, and you you go from there. I think Glaber is is you know I'm, I'm expecting a good year out of Glaber, and I could see him um, even in the three spot too long term. They tried that at the beginning of 2019 and he struggled a little bit. Maybe he was putting too much pressure on himself. He was anointed the everyday shortstop and the number three hitter on the New yeah, York that's a Yankees. Lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. He had some ling- lingering hip issues and you know, the, the, I, I think this is a big year for Glaber. So we'll see what, we'll see how he, uh, he comes back. Um, but I, I see him as a, a number three long-term, but in Aaron Boone's lineup might be Brett Gardner. Uh, there's some worry that Chad Green might not be okay. It might be Brett Gardner. <laughs> there's some worry that Chad Green might not be okay. He was scheduled to pitch on Tuesday, but then he was held back. Um, Boone's quote was, we're just trying to be wise and slow play our higher leverage relievers as far as game action. We're trying to be mindful of innings coming off the last season. I thought that everybody pitched fewer innings than they ever had in their entire life. Yeah, I think the, uh, look, Chad Green to me is a is a big piece of this because he's got to step up and now take a, a even bigger role. Uh, he's, he's, he's become a leader, I guess, in the, in the bullpen now with some of these, you know, some of the departures, he's, he's really got to be a lockdown guy for, you know, he's got to be the dependable guy in the back of the, uh, the pen other than, other than Chapman. And then you have Britain, but Chad Green's your number three guy. They, they gotta be, uh, they gotta be careful with him, but he also has to come out and prove that he can be that guy the entire time. We've, we've seen too many, too many years now with Chad Green, coming in and like disappearing for a month or, you know, not, not being the same guy after a second inning of work. They just need to figure out what he is and he needs to lock in no matter what in the back of that, in the back of that bullpen. Yeah. They also in hoax notes, he mentioned that the Yankees are probably going to carry eight relievers to start the season. Six of those guys are are pretty clear cut Chapman, Britton green, Darren O'Day, Justin Wilson. And he puts Louis Sessa in that group. My guy. Um, and then he also said Boone and Matt Blake are both high on Nick Nelson. As am I. Look at this. We're all, we're in sync here. This is, this is beautiful. Uh, Nick Nelson pitched well in his spring debut. Um, but yeah, Nick Nelson could kind of be what Chad Green was maybe three years ago. Yeah. And what, and what Luis Sessa has, uh, has slowly become, he's, he's, I'd say a a light version of fine. Luis Sessa has not become that yet. You keep, he's, pushing the Luis because he's not a one to two inning guy. He's definitely more of that bridge guy, but he's been an effective bridge guy. So he's been asked to play a different role. He's not been asked to play that same role. I do see Nick Nelson translating into a guy that could come in, throw gas, uh, control strike zone and be good. He was impressive last year. I have not been shy about this. I think Nick Nelson has a real place in this bullpen. And I think that the Yankees like him. And the fact that we're talking about it right now and that, uh, you know, Marty, Marty, Marty Blake is talking about it. I'm trying to come up with a, a wrong last name and I couldn't. Um, the fact that they're talking about him this early in spring leads me to believe that they, they've they got some pretty high expectations coming into the season for 
for Nikki Nelson here. All the B last names out there. I know, I completely stumbled. Brown, Berg. Could have been anything. Uh, So... That maybe that eighth spot. Who who are you thinking for that eighth spot in the bullpen? Is that going to be Michael King because they just want someone who they are. Can we are we really flip back? Why does forth? everybody keep? I look. Michael King's a nice guy. He's not a major league pitcher. I mean, no he he was bad in his first outing in spring. I, I mean, that I doesn't mean anything. But at the same time, we we saw what he is. He's just not a guy that puts anything. He's there's nothing special there. He's a four A guy. He's the Rob Refsnyder of pitching. Yeah, uh, that might be the case, but I think they like having someone who they can use in any... This is going to sound bad, and I, I like Michael King, uh, as as we all know. They they like having someone on the roster that they can do anything with, and if they mess them up, they don't care. That's fine. There's a... Th- that should, but that guy shouldn't be in the on the major league team. I, 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 yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you, but to start the season, especially because if there's no clear cut starting role for Devi Garcia and Clark Schmidt is still working back from his oh, yeah. arm, they injury. care about those two. No, so but what I'm saying is they can have Michael King on the roster, and then if they have a doubleheader or if someone gets knocked out in the second inning, they can throw him out there and then immediately send him back down to alternate site, and it, it's no it's no different. They don't care. No, that's true. That, that's exactly... They like having the flexibility. Yeah, I get that. I, that's fine. That, that, that does not change the point that he is not a, a major league pitcher. He may have his moments where we're like, oh, there he is. Let's go. Give him the fifth starting job, and then and then he'll but give up a five spot. In, do you remember he showed flashes last year where for two innings he would look good? He would keep the ball on the ground and then Boone would try and push him out there for a third inning, maybe the second time through the order, and he would get was hit. Was that hard. last year or was it end of 2019 no. when no. we saw that was last year? No, t- end of 2019 he only made his made one okay. appearance. That was his. They're really debut. blending together. 2020, it's a fake year, but uh, he he would come in for two innings of relief, and maybe he'd give up a couple hits, maybe one run, and you say, okay, that was a decent outing for Michael King, and then Boone would push him out there for a third inning, and he couldn't get out of the inning, and he would give up four runs. So it was too many instances like that. So does that mean Michael King is not a long-term major league pitcher? Maybe, because if you can't pitch more than two innings and you're supposed to be a starting pitcher, then yeah, you're probably not a major league And he also doesn't, like his stuff doesn't translate to be, you know, a one-inning guy out of the bullpen. An effective high-leverage bullpen guy. No, it doesn't. He's a ground ball pitcher who's been working on his changeup this offseason, said he needs to throw more changeups. Uh, so, but if, but, or is that Aaron Boone not recognizing this guy is not going to succeed in this situation? I need to get him out sooner than later. It's, maybe it's a little bit of both. Well, yeah, but at some point, Aaron Boone has to stop making pitching changes and let a guy go because he's going to run out of pitchers, especially when everybody is a, you know, 120, 130, 140 inning guy in going into the season. Good segue. Thank you. That's a really good segue. segue. That was. So I wanted to talk about expectations for Jamison Tyon, who he was asked by reporters. I believe this was in his first spring media session. Um, He was asked about returning from Tommy John surgery, second Tommy John surgery, and the number of innings he might pitch. He said, we haven't had that talk yet about any set number. I thought originally 120 to 150, But that being said, I'm kind of on board with the idea of let's just see how I'm feeling throughout the year. Why put a limit on something? If I'm feeling great at 140 innings, there's no need to cap it. That's my thinking. He mentioned 120 to 150. He also said 140. And if I'm feeling great, let's keep pushing it. This kind of tells me, though, that he's going to be about a 140 inning best case scenario pitcher this year. Well, no, I think what this tells you is that best case scenario, he's going to do however he feels, uh, you know, good. Look, they're, they're in uncharted waters with him. So there's nothing that says limit your guy after two Tommy John surgeries, after 140 innings, and he will be less likely to need a third Tommy John surgery. I, I don't know what we're doing there. If he's feeling good, then he's feeling good. And we can say, good job, doc. The surgeries worked. This is what it's supposed to do. Now go out there and pitch because that's what you're getting paid to do. I don't see why if if we're at 140 pitches or if he's feeling good at 100 pitches, why they're going to be pulling him in the fifth inning, innings or innings. innings. Sorry, if they're going to be pulling him at uh, you know the fifth inning when he's at 100 innings, just to make sure that we get to 140 closer to that. You know how they like to tinker. They love to manage guys' innings. They've done it for a decade. 
and it hasn't right. worked. So then that's why I'm hoping that maybe, 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 maybe we can go away from that philosophy and just let guys, you know, pitch when they feel good. And if they feel good, they should throw. And if they feel good in a particular game, they should throw. If the, if the, if the feeling of their pitch is good, they have confidence and they're able to locate a particular pitch in a certain uh, fifth inning, but they still feel like they have, you know, some in the tank. Tanaka's not here. He's nobody's saying I have nothing in the tank in, uh, in, in, in the fifth inning or going into the fifth inning. If they, if their guys feel good and they are showing that they feel good and there's nothing visible saying, okay, this guy, his stuff is off. His stuff is, is lagging because he's getting tired. Let him pitch. Let him pitch. This is what they've meant to do. This is what they were they were brought up to do. They've been playing baseball their entire life and throwing innings. Let them throw. It drives me insane. One hundred and forty innings is twenty eight starts at five innings per start. The the thing with Jamison Tyon is that, that one hundred and forty innings, inning four, inning five, inning one hundred and fifty six, any one of them could be the last inning. Any one of them. It, it, there's. I'm sure the percentages go up as you go with the with the um, with the innings and into the season and. You know, there there's fatigue in the arm and such, but unless you're unless you're showing something that where the fatigue is 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 causing a a a weakness in a ligament or you know whatever they're looking at, if if they identify that, then okay, you you rest your guy. But if you don't identify that, I don't know what the this is what they're built to do. Yeah. So uh, this is not about injury. This is about workload and what the Yankees can expect from their group of starting pitchers after Garrett Cole. Because I think even in a in a great scenario this season, Jamison Tyon's not throwing more than 150 innings. He's not going to be a 180 inning guy, which which is a horse that you rely right. on. I mean, I understand. Okay? That. You have you have Garrett Cole, who's going to pitch close to 200 innings or or more than 200 innings, probably. Hopefully, 30 starts, seven innings a start every time. Garrett Cole. Then you have Kluber, Tyon, Montgomery, Herman, Garcia, King, Schmidt, and Severino, all who are going to get. 100 to 140 innings like you're not going to so get let me let me you, tell you the difference here there's a big difference it's a hodgepodge you're you're going to be you're going to be trying to just collect innings out of the rest of those that's guys. fine but it's going to feel different i feel like it's going to it's going to feel different this year because it's because the names no, are different no, no, it's not no, james no, no, paxton no. and it's not master tanaka why. the reason why is and this is what i'm hopeful for those 140 innings from jameson tyon are not okay you're running out there every fifth day and we're pulling you in the fifth inning those 140 innings may be. Are you hold sure? On a second, there there may be uh, opportunities because of the the names that you mentioned. Because there are so many guys that could come in and potentially fill a role uh, within the starting rotation. And you know who knows when when Sevi comes back, what he's going to be like if he's able to uh, you know slot in there for X amount of innings. I, I think we're going to see skipped starts. I think we're going to see you know guys coming in and being able to to throw uh, in a rotation spot rather than. That feels different to me than a guy going out. If Jameson Tyon is getting, you know, going out and giving me six innings and getting 140 innings, but his number of starts is lower. Okay. Now we're talking, now we're using what we have. We're not being overly cautious within the game because that's what drives me nuts is within the game management. So understanding that the pitches and the innings are counting, you know, for the fifth inning, got to go get him. Whereas, you know, he could skip a start, uh, you know, in July, August. You're talking six man rotation. I think there's going to be a semblance of that as we're going. They they have so many unknowns right now with with the injuries, old guys, and then coming off of a short season. They're going to be monitoring so closely how these guys are 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 acting, you know, because they're last year was weird. You mentioned Chad Green, you know, going out and throwing. They're watching innings because they don't know how these guys are arms are going to react after a short season and and what happened last year. I think that's an unknown that they're keeping a close eye on. So it yeah, would not surprise me if we have a, a, a six that they'll be fresher. What's that? Wouldn't logic dictate they're fresher? Well, no, you could say that there's extra strain because they didn't. I mean, there were a ton of injuries last year because of the way that they prepared for this short season as well. There were there were a lot of un, there were a lot of very different things that happened last year that could play uh, differently on the way that your arm is long term, the way that you prepare for, in the off season. I just think that they're looking at that as a as an odd duckling and they're saying, okay, we don't know what, we've never seen this before. Let's see how they react. Garrett Cole's pitching every fifth day, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So that means that for the rest of the guys, if you're talking about skipping starts, you're you're playing with those other four spots. You're not playing with Garrett Cole's spot. 
I think I think uh, Jordan Montgomery is feels like a guy that's you know obviously I, I hate having this caveat every single time but injury he seems like he's beyond that healthy guy Jordan Montgomery seems pretty locked in uh, with a guy every five so days. So you would say I'm not saying he's the number Cole two, but Mon- I'm saying every five days no, no. he's coming I, out. Right. Cole Montgomery every fifth day. What about Kluber? Veteran who's maybe very particular about his workload and his routines. Yeah. I don't Kluber doesn't strike me as a guy who's gonna be like, yeah, skip me every 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 round or every other round. I'm not round. saying every other round, but I could see them skipping him for a bit. Yeah, I could see that too. I could see them managing him. So I, I, the the schedule is going to be a little fluid, where there's going to be some extra double headers and stuff like that. Uh, but that doesn't mean you. That means you can have a six man rotation because you're going to need an extra starter. But that doesn't mean guys get extra days. It, rest it's not going to feel that, like a six man rotation. That's the thing with some of these. Yeah, like you said, some of the the seven inning games as well. You're just going to be getting more of these these bullpen days. I think too. Some of these guys that. And that's where Louis Sessa, Michael King, and guys like that come into play because you say say Montgomery or Tyon start game one of a doubleheader. Hopefully they give you five plus or six plus innings and you can use Chapman to close out the game. Then then game two, you might see Michael King for two innings. You might see Louis Sessa for three innings and then you might go to the bullpen. Skip there, that. Then there's a skip start. There's a st- But it's not a skip day. I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but the fact that some of those guys are have the ability to go longer, they they can go three, four, five innings. I just think that we're going to see that more often, uh, especially with with Kluber is, and Tyon and you know Severino coming back, and who knows with Herman. I think they're going to run Herman into the ground. He's another guy. They're like, let's just run you into the ground. The, is he the fifth starter? Is he the fifth starter to start the season? He, like he's starting, I believe, on yeah. Friday uh, this week. When you when is you look at it on paper, I think season? he's the fifth starter. So that means Devi Garcia is not in the rotation. I think that I think that unless they believe that this alternate site changes things in the way that Devi Garcia is uh, preparing for the season, I could see them, yeah, not having him on the roster in the beginning of the year. I really we talk because about this, this is what they're going to do. They're either going to they're either going to see. I think they're going to see what Domingo Herman has in the early in the season, and if they are like, eh, he's not. Pitching well. That's so dirty. Just gonna That's get filthy. That's filthy. That's like, oh, if he's pitching well, we'll put up with him. But if he's not pitching well, we won't put up with him. That's just, that's so two-faced. At the end of the day, it's a business. I don't know what to tell you. You know, it, it's not, yeah. businesses it's business. don't have feelings. Yeah. They're, they're going to go out there and they're going to see if this guy can throw. And if he can't throw, then it, it's going to become not worth it in their eyes. You remember we talked that Fangraphs projected the Yankees to be the most valuable rotation in baseball. This was before the Dodgers signed uh, Trevor Bauer. So now the Dodgers rotation is projected to be higher than the Yankees. But the Yankees at one point were projected to accumulate the most war among their amongst their rotation. I I think that because it's maybe seven guys deep, I agree with you, but that's assuming all seven guys are getting pretty regular starts. Yeah, and I think uh, as we've talked, maybe that's the case. But that's a that's a that's a lot to manage. It's a lot. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot to have go right. You have Garrett Cole, who's your guy every fifth day, and then it's a lot of moving parts. So yes, it could go great, and maybe it's just manage it until we get to August, September, October, and then line our guys up for for the playoffs. Well, that's exactly run. what's going to happen. And I, and I, and I guess I'm okay with that because the American League is a little bit down. The uh, the Yankees should win the American League East, no problem. Even though the Rays are still going to be competitive, the Blue Jays got better. Maybe the Red Sox. You know are, who I, for, you know who I forgot about for a bit? Completely forgot about the Orioles. No, Chris Sale. No, but he's he had Tommy John surgery. Was last it last year? year? Is he going to be playing in the? At, at what point? I think he's kind of like on a Severino timetable. Yeah. I, I just forgot about him until I saw his ugly. Ug, you know ugly who they're? You know who they're aces? You know who they're aces? Evaldi, so, uh, bionic arm himself. Yeah, I mean, I guess of uh, Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez, but I don't know. I mean, he had COVID last year and he he had some complications. Yeah, he had a he had a heart complication. I don't even think was it COVID or yeah, he did have COVID and there was a heart COVID. complication that's scary as shit. But yeah, yeah, and they've got Adam Adovino who can strike out oh. Ted Williams and Babe Ruth. Yeah, he's just line them up, line up those cryogenically frozen guys. I got them. <laughs> they still have the frozen. Head you know what the problem? The you know what his problem like. is? 
they're just going to look at the pitch too. <laughs> they're, they're, he's going to walk them. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure Ted Williams and Babe Ruth both had good eyes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, they, they both had they good eyes. They could still be frozen. He, they're not going to swing the bat. <laughs> hey, Adovino, you still got to throw a strike. I do kind of respect him doubling down though. I mean, he was asked point blank the question. He was he did a radio interview and they brought up the Babe Ruth yeah. comments and then they said, "Oh, how would you do about, uh, against Ted Williams baiting?" And he said, "Oh, I think I do. I think I do all right." This is a guy who just got salary dumped to a rival because he was ineffective. Yeah, I mean, you might as well at that point. You might as well double down. It worked for him the first time. He was good out of the gate, so maybe it'll work again. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a program that I'm involved with called Blue Wire Hustle. It's a new program over at Blue Wire that allows you guys to either level up if you have an existing podcast or if you're looking to start a new podcast. It gives you an opportunity to jump out of the gate with success, not have to go through all of the different pain points that Andrew and I started with uh, when we you know, started podcasting six years ago. Plus there's 150 other hustlers inside the program that are going through this exact motion. It's a big community. Uh, there's a community discord. You get your cover art designed for you. You get the simple cast hosting that comes with this program. It's all 15 bucks a month, which is insanely cheap because most hosting platforms are more expensive just to host. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed your account and don't come with any of the things that come with Blue Wire Hustle. So if you're looking to start a podcast about any of the tri-state area sports, this is a perfect opportunity. If you're uh, out of the area and you have a passion for another sport, this is a great opportunity for you to one, not learn alone and really just let lean on a community to, to help you um, get through the beginnings of podcasting because it's it's tough in the beginning. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it takes patience, but also you don't need to make the same mistakes. You don't need to go through the same trials and tribulations that everybody else has done. Uh, lean on everybody in this program for that experience um, and to kind of teach ways that are successful and that have proved well in the past. Um, there's some e-learning course that goes along with this. Again, a lot of really good benefits that come along with Blue Wire Hustle. There are different flights for Blue Wire Hustle, and I think the next one's going in in about two weeks. So definitely get your application in. Go to bwhustle.com slash join and get your application in there. bwhustle.com slash join. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. 
We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. All right, Andrew, guess what? We're going to do something a little bit different. <laughs> I had to come out of the break there. That was that was a, a different move. But we are we are partnering up with a an app at Blue Wire. Uh, we're partnering up with these guys at Locker Room. I don't know if you guys are, have been paying attention to what's going on in the uh, social audio space, but uh, there's a few apps that are popping up and, and pretty pretty popular. Clubhouse being the one you're seeing a lot of people on uh, on Clubhouse, a lot of celebrities. Elon Musk's been going on there. I think Bill Gates was on there. Uh, Mark Cuban goes on there, pops into these. Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Joe yeah. Rogan did it with Tim Dillon. You got some interesting stuff there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know. I've been on there. There's a lot of trash on there, but there's some interesting conversations on there as well. Uh, but Locker Room is actually a sports audio app that we're going to be uh, messing around with. Uh, I'm excited for this because I think it's a, it's one, it's a, the the whole the audio social audio space is is interesting to me because you just have free flowing conversations like we're doing right now on a podcast, but you include more people. So this is a great way for us to um, to you know engage more with uh, with Yankees fans and bring everybody collectively together to have some open conversations. We can bring people into the conversation. You can raise your hand and come on in. We can have multiple people with a, a you know a roundtable. Uh, discussion. We could do AMAs, bringing in you know different different guests. It's an interesting thing. So we're going to be doing this uh, probably about once a week. And our first one, I think we're going to do is Thursday to tomorrow, Thursday afternoon during, during the, game. the Yankees spring training game. So ideally, this is going to be something we we do during games because we want to bring people on, like you said, and we want to talk about what's happening. Uh, we want to interact with the fans. We we did the test. We did that. Um, no, I'm fan cred on it back in January. Fan cred, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but we think this the locker room is uh, a better app, and we think that it uh, it will be something we do all season. Very excited about on a weekly basis. Um, so Thursday afternoon during the one o'clock Yankees game, probably around maybe the second or the third inning. Yeah, that we jump yep. on there. I have a yep. Um, I have a, a one o'clock meeting, and then after that, we're going to jump in and uh, and hang out for. Uh, I don't know, half hour, forty five minutes, hours, see how it goes, and uh, and so yeah, just talk to me. You got to download the app. It'll be on our Twitter feeds uh, where you can join, but download the Locker Room app and then you could search for Scott or myself and then you could follow us and then you could join join just like that. It's it's a very easy app to use, but uh, definitely look forward to that on Thursday. Cool thing about those two, real quick, sorry, the uh, the Locker Room, the we have... The, we have the ability to record those and and save them, so we can uh, we can put them on our feed as well as like a locker room session. Right. So if you're on there, you'll be famous. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty cool. Got a question for you? Does Miguel Andujar have any sort of a role on the 2021 Yankees? Yeah, I think he does. I think he does because he can hit, and if he can prove again that he can hit consistently, I think that uh, Andujar could be a bit of an X factor. Never know. Oh, the X factor. You know how that goes when I assign that label to guys like Greg well, Bird. You, the thing is with Andujar is that he could be an X factor in multiple ways. Uh, one, he he can play different positions. That's that's a that's a positive. <laughs> oh, no, no, stop. Hold on, stop, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, and then stop, also, stop. no, he cannot. He just, can't. Just, I'm not going to let, let you. me continue. He can't play he can multiple, multiple positions. positions. He can play DH. He can play left field. He can play first base. He can sometimes play third nope. base. He, he, but also, he what DH, he can do is he can it. hit. He can hit well. And when he, we have to see if he can hit without consistent at-bats. That's going to be a big deal for him to prove. But the X factor for me, for Andujar, is if he can show that he's, you know, that hitter. And who knows with injuries, he may get more of an opportunity to get more consistent at-bats as well. But I think at the trade deadline, he's also a big reason why he's the X factor. Because I think he's probably the most valuable asset on the team right now if he can reshow his value. Because he's still a young guy, can still go to another team and help out and be a uh, you know, a big bat in a lineup. And I think that there is good value that the Yankees could uh, could play with depending on what they're needing at that trade deadline. So I think that Brian Cashman is hoping and praying that when Miguel Andujar does get opportunities, that he succeeds and takes advantage of them because I think that they're looking to trade him very soon. The only way he has a role on the Yankees is if Gio Urshela goes down with a pretty bad injury or if Giancarlo Stanton goes down with a pretty bad injury. Because the only two spots that Andujar will get consistent playing time is third base. They'll put up with it because he's done it before, or DH. And Aaron Boone talked about it and kind of alluded to Clint Frazier. And he said, we saw it with Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier got an opportunity last year and he proved himself. And now look, Clint Frazier is going to be an an everyday part of this, this team. 
So yeah, I could see a scenario that if there's injuries, Aaron Duar could step back in. But if the Yankees are pretty healthy, I don't see how he has any kind of role. Boone said he could be in, he could very much be in that mix. That's Boone speak to no, he's not in the mix. It's Boone speak to saying, yeah, he's a good player. We we value him. Come, come give me offers for this player as well. Nah, no one's trading. But the thing is, more. is like that. I mean, they could, they could, uh, Mickey's definitely, uh, you know, a double A decent pitching prospect uh, trade away. That, that's, that's what he is right now. But if he could show that he's, uh, you know, more valuable and, and, you know, regained that form that I think everybody thought he was going to be after his, uh, his rookie year where he should have won rookie of the year, then yes, he becomes more valuable and, and you put together some kind of a package. And now you're, you're looking at a potential asset to come over and help you win a championship. So the other, the other piece of this is you're right. Gio Urshela, if he goes down, Miggy, Miggy steps in. It doesn't have to be a major injury. Like you're saying, Gio Urshela has had, you know, he had some cleanup in his elbow if he's not playing well after that, if we see that him coming in starting slow, I could see Miggy getting at bats. I could see Miggy going over there. Maybe Boone is talking about the fact that we saw Clint Frazier go from a guy who can't play on your little league outfield to a guy that's now considered for a gold glove outfield. Maybe he's looking for that kind of rebound from Andujar to be a gold glove type third baseman. Clint Frazier was better defensively than... B- before last year than Andrew That's true. is. And, you know, Clint Frazier had, Clint Frazier's worst enemy was his own yeah. head, is his yeah. mind. And Duhar's worst enemy defensively is that he can't play defense. <laughs> he doesn't have the skills. Well, so I, I think we both agree that they're, uh, both of these guys in the, in the end, they're, they're there for their bats. That's the reason why they, they have, you know, they rose the ranks. That's why they got to the major leagues in the first place. That's why they had, you know, they were touted as prospects was because of their bats. It wasn't because of their defense. It was because of their bats. So if Mickey can re- regain some uh, semblance of that form, then I think that he does have, uh, he does have value. And we, like, we were acting like there are not going to be injuries on this team. Like e- even if there are not long-term injuries, there's, there's, there are injuries. There are times where guys need these days off. Miggy's a good bat to plug in. So. Well, Gio had the elbow surgery. So. In theory, Andujar should be getting a lot of at-bats this spring to prove to the Yankees I can hit, and I'm, I deserve to be on the roster to start the season just, just because I'm doing well in spring. So this is his opportunity to, to at least get there. I agree, and I, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I love watching Miggy play. I think he's a fun guy to watch uh, hit. He's, he's, my, uh, he's my style. He swings a lot, but he makes a lot of contact. He's, he's kind of the, um, you know, I've compared him to the, the Vlad Guerrero type. He's the anti Aaron Hicks. He's the anti Aaron Hicks. He makes contact. That's right. Does not walk. Vlad, the Vlad type. God. Yeah, bat to ball. <laughs> Compared him to a Hall of Famer. You say that every time. Got it's a, a type. It's a bat to ball thing. It's an eye, hand eye coordination just thing. Like, just like um, J- uh, Jason Dominguez. Do you want me to, do you want me to compare a, him to, to, to a shitty player? I don't understand how you, how do you compare anybody to a bad player if you're trying to speak highly of them <laughs> or an attribute uh, that you like? Do you, do you compare that to a bad player? No, but maybe not a Hall of Famer. Like, because Jason Dominguez, who hasn't even Jason. played a professional baseball game yet, is being Mickey compared Mantle. to a, somehow the love child of Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout. Yeah. And I think, uh, who was the other? There was another, there was a third. Was it, was it Willie Mays or it was somebody? It was another comparison that was very fair. Some other baseball legend. Yeah. yeah no pressure, kid. Uh, did you see that the Yankees were at the, the, uh, showcase Yoanna Cespedes yeah, had. Got to see what's up. Got to see what's going on there. See, see what's up there. All right, we've got some mailbag questions before we close out. The first one is from Carolyn Padua. Hi from Buffalo. I guess that's a, a a nickname for Buffalo. I love you guys for wanting to get rid of Herman. Thank you for providing us girl fans with non with a non sexist platform to really enjoy our boys. It's so refreshing. Shame on Cashman. We are the New York Yankees. This is not us. I think there's a lot of people out there and maybe it's more women than men that have Carolyn's point of view. Why even give this guy an opportunity? Just cut his ass. Yeah. That there's a lot of people that think that. And I, I, I will not disagree with that. I'm, I'm uh, it's not fun to watch that guy pitch when you're rooting for your baseball team and the guy out on the mound is an asshole. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not fun. And I know that there are existing players that are in a similar boat on the Yankees too. It's, it, it puts the fans in a position where 
you know, you're, you're rooting for a team that you've rooted for your entire life. You have all this, this, these emotions when you're watching the New York Yankees and, you know, maybe before we just didn't know a lot about some of the bad things these guys did. Oh, and now we know oh, a lot more. We didn't, we yeah. just didn't, we just and, didn't know. And it, it, but, but that's the reality. That is exactly what's happening right now. We do know you can't get that away from our brains. We do know, we know. So it, it changes things. It just does. Yeah. And I, and I think that uh, there's going to be some bad publicity if the Yankees wait to cut him after he's got a 5.7 ERA. I don't think they care. Or something like that. I just don't. I think they I do don't. care. I, mean, I think clearly Cash, they don't. I, I, I think that Steinbrenner does care about public perception. Okay, then why is he still on the team? If you think he cares so much. I mean, maybe he cares more about Okay, there you go. Well, the the, business, we know what but. rules we know what rules the game. It's the business of the game. It's getting value out of a player on the field. You know, some of the yeah. other stuff is just uh it's not in the in the ex- the nerds don't, don't see that. The dollar signs don't see that. The value doesn't see that. People see that with their eyes. This is this is a big eye test thing. Just get rid of them. The next question's from Bobby Thompson, shot heard around the world. One of the most famous um, cheat, cheating moments in baseball. He, he knew I caddied for him at Ridgewood Country Club with Yogi Berra and, da- and Dave. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. What was that like? It was awesome. I've told this story before. This is you don't you don't no, listen you have to not. Me. You don't listen to what I. That's you know, I that's true, heard. but. You have told stories about caddying at Ridgewood Country Club. You never said you caddied for Yogi is, and Bobby. This Thompson. is probably the only story I've told from Ridgewood Country Club days because it's the only one that's worth a damn. No, you've told Ridgewood Country Club stories about how they just stiff you on tips. That's just not true. I've never. I think you're making things up now. I think the pee, the urine, has gone to your brain. So, the, the on Mondays at Ridgewood Country Club, they do. I don't know what they do anymore. If they still do this, I'm sure they do. But uh, Mondays were were outing days, so companies would would uh, take over the club. Essentially, they would pay to have their company outings. And at Ridgewood, you had to have caddies. So we would four caddy. Everybody was in carts. We carried putters. You four caddied, you were down there, you tracked the balls. When the when guys had their pitching wedges out um, and supposedly landed on the green, you'd swap their putter or for the pitching wedge. You'd clean it, put it in the cart, go tend the flag. It was a great day. You usually got a lot of beer because the guys would just like, just give you beer, no matter how, how old you were, it didn't matter. And the, there was always an envelope at the end. That seems problematic. The company gave you an envelope. Usually it was like 50, 60 bucks, something like that. So I, I think around there, cash. And then the guys would always tip you on top of that, always. And that was those were the great days. You could make a lot of money. It was not very hard work. You didn't have to carry bags. My, I got lucky one day and it was um, Dave DeBusher, Yogi Berra, and Bobby Thompson. And then it was a, a, a New York Giants uh, offensive lineman from the early nineties, late eighties. I don't remember his name. So that was the foursome. The first T first T box hole, hole number one, I think it's the East course at Ridgewood to the, in, in front of the, the caddy shed yogis on the first T we're down, I don't know, 150 uh, yards uh, uh, beyond the fence um, down in the fairway. Yogi hits the ball uh, off the tee. It goes towards the clubhouse over the, uh, the, 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 uh, the cart, the cart path over towards the putting green hits a tree, bounces back into the middle of the fairway. <laughs> yes, I have. I know. Yeah, I, I remember that. It's the now. whole, because it, it ain't over till it's over. I said, oh, Yogi gets the clubhouse yeah, kicks. Yogi, yeah, yeah. Yogi gets, you know, so he's not very, not very uh, long in the fairway, but he you? is, uh, he's dead center. How old were you at this point? Um, I started caddying there when I was 14, I think. So I was probably, to get that group, I was probably older. So I assume I was 17 maybe 18. So you were aware of who of Yogi course. Bear was definitely. And what about yeah, Bobby I knew who Thompson? Bobby Thompson was? Did you, I knew I knew the shot heard around the world. Did you have like And I had heard uh, Dave DeBu- I knew who Dave DeBusher was. I knew he played for the Knicks. Did you have like uh star- were you starstruck when you met Yogi? Uh I don't remember the feeling. I drank a lot in college and that killed a lot of my memories before that, I think, but I <laughs> I uh I do remember being in awe. You know, it wasn't like starstruck. Because I was just like, I, I was like, uh, I don't know if that's the same. Maybe that's the same, but I was in awe. Meeting, meeting someone like Yogi when you were 17 years old. So this was what, like 19, this was like 97 years ago. Okay. In 1997, it, you didn't watch Yogi Berra play. He was before your time, but obviously you know of the legend Yogi Berra. I feel like that's a great person to meet yeah. because you're not like, oh my God, I watched you. Like if you met Derek Jeter. No, but it's, like I think that. it's even more then, because Derek Jeter 
if I met Derek Jeter today, I would just have, I would, I would want to have a beer with him and like hang out. But, but Yogi Berra was iconic. He, because I didn't watch him play, yeah, he was just a figure. He, but Derek Jeter's not going to hang out. My, my is, point is, is, is that my I, I, I see them very differently. Yogi Berra was a, was a, uh, he's the Easter bunny. He's Santa Claus. He's all of these things that you've right. never seen before. You just know the lure of Yogi Berra. You know, and, and then plus you have all the off the field, you know, uh, things with him with the sayings. And he's just like a, he's almost like a, 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 I had the, a mythical that figure. Book, the Yogiisms book. What's that? Did you have the Yogiisms book? I have. It was like this little coffee table book with like Yogi sayings in it. And each one had like a little like story about how he came up with that saying. And it, half the sayings he didn't even. Yeah, I don't even, I don't know if I had that. I have like four or five Yogi books, but, um, but yeah, it was. It was, it was pretty awesome. I was, I was definitely in, in awe. Like I was in the, um, in like, there was like a, a, a bigger, a bigger thing happening, like a, a, a higher, higher power, uh, you know, in the group with Yogi Berra there. Cause he's exactly the way you think he's going to be. He's just like the nicest guy in the world. That's what I remember. I don't remember specific conversations, but I remember him being the nicest guy in the world. And I remember coming out of it thinking that, man, that's exactly the way I expected him to be like one-liners galore, just being funny and just super happy. Uh, it was cool. So Bobby says there's some drama in the NFL right now where quarterbacks want to be more involved in roster decisions to oversimplify. To what extent do you think this happens on the Yankees? Seems like a guy like Garrett Cole already has Cashman's ear this early in his tenure. Now, this is what I would love to be on club on uh, not club locker room for with, so I could ask Bobby specifically what he's talking about. He, I think he's talking about the tie-on acquisition and the Torino signing. Oh, you mean like uh, with the moves? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like like I, I want to know, okay, does Garrett Cole have sway in the clubhouse? Yes, obviously. You give a guy that kind of contract to be the man, yes, he's one of the leaders on the team. But specifically, I want to know what Bobby is talking about. I have to imagine it's the Torino's and tie-on Yeah, probably. Moves. Well, and also, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, uh, if Kluber had something to do with this too. Look, I, I think that, I think that Garrett Cole, isn't that more of a Matt Blake thing and a, and a Cressy thing? I, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe that's a good point. Um, but I think that Garrett Cole could take some, I could see Garrett Cole wanting him to come in so he could drain the learnings out of him. He's like one of the, you know, he's such a, he's such a, a student of the game. <laughs> he's like the Monstars in <laughs> yeah. Space Jam. He he's like, I need this of Corey Kluber. I need this of Corey Kluber. Done. Yes. No, but I, I, when you, you're right. When you give a guy that much money, when you give a guy that much money, one, you're giving the money to him for a reason. He's, he's very good at what he does. And the way that, um, that Garrett Cole, I think conducts himself, he's just, I trust his opinion. I've never talked to the man in my life. I've seen him pitch, but I trust his opinion because of the way that he goes about his job and the way that he goes about, you know, the, um, the, his profession. It seems like he's a guy that takes a lot of pride in what he does is very, you know, very calculated with his approach and has some good opinions because he does things a little differently. And I, I, I think that they should listen to him. I think that having a guy yeah, like that is bringing in as that. a, you know, and, and being a, a consultant type because he's on the team and you trust him that much to give him that much money, you should weigh the opinions of your star players. Of course. Yeah. I don't see this as Cole dictating. You need to go out and trade for Tyon. You need to go out and sign Chirinos. I think it's maybe Cashman talked to Cole about both of those moves because Cole, played with both of those guys and maybe he gave them a good recommendation and that's great it's not like the nfl where when you're the quarterback you control the entire yeah. team because you're the most important player on the field garrett cole's the most important player on the field one out of five games and then he doesn't affect the right. game so you're never going to have as much sway as a baseball player as you can as a nfl quarterback or a nba superstar. everything literally goes through the quarterback so yeah that i mean every single every single play Every single play is dictated by by one person, for for yeah. for you know to to some respect. But but again, so if you're Russell Wilson, I think he's probably talking about like Russell Wilson is is potentially shooting his way out of Seattle and kind of dictating where he wants to go. And and they we're seeing that with Deshaun Watson. We saw it with Tom Brady yeah. last year. Yeah, if you're one of those guys, you can do that because without you, your team is right. nothing. Well, without Garrett, to be That's clear, the, I mean, without Garrett Cole, this team is nothing. Uh, they're not World Series contention, but they're still playoff. Yeah, they're still contention. playoff contention. They can hit their way into the playoffs, probably. But yeah, but so, I, so I'm, gl I'm glad. I'm glad Cashman's listening to him. Of course, like, you have a guy like that, and you pay for him. You're, you're not. Yeah, you're paying for his production on the field, but you're also paying for everything else that comes with it. You should be. You should be getting right. as much as you possibly can. 
So, Bobby, like, join the locker room thing on Thursday afternoon and talk more about it. Maybe maybe we didn't mention something about this that, that you want to discuss, uh, but appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the mailbags and all that kind of stuff. Again, during the 1 o'clock game on Thursday afternoon, we'll be on locker room. Check us out there. We got to wrap this up now, though. Scott, any last words? No more injuries. Every single time, I'm going to say, no injuries. Let's play ball and uh, get some get some good reps in. No injuries. That's it. No injuries. See Come check out the locker room on Thursday during the game. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.